Hey everybody, welcome to Biblio Ruse. I'm Amanda. And I'm Isela. We are literary husbands, mature coffee enthusiasts, trying to share our knowledge with the podcast world. For today's coffee date, we'll be discussing the ever-crushing literary funks. Boo! <laughs> and a series of unfortunate events. The bad beginning. Um, potential trigger warning. I, uh, but I don't yeah, we didn't really understand. But there, I mean, I, if you uh, know, you know. <laughs> yeah, if you don't, you know. No, there's like child marriage. I guess if that's a thing that makes you uncomfy. Um, also, child abuse. Uh, yeah, fucking series and unfortunate events do occur. Yeah. Yes, they do. They do. Full disclosure: this is the night before we have to post our episode we did try recording earlier in the week but here's the thing we just like didn't read anything (laughs) but we did but we didn't like we did but like not like not something we wanted to talk about and the vibes were just off while we were recording it just felt like a weird day I did not feel like myself Mm -hmm. uh I felt like I was talking out of my ass and I don't want an episode to be like that ever so we decided to give ourselves a couple days to reset because I also felt like at that moment it felt like work (laughs) and it should should never at the beginning of this podcast and its inception we agreed that uh, we never wanted this to feel like work or chore like it should just be fun always um never forced and the vibes were just off man and we're like nope let's just not do it right now and come back yeah. and if it comes out late I mean we fucking this is our show we'll do what we want we'll right. post whatever we, we want never really specified what time on Saturday we'd post that's so, so in a way we are still on on time it's on okay track. yeah we're good um so I guess let's just jump right into this what are you drinking right now fucking pepsi dude because it's <laughs> 8 30 p.m on a friday and I don't yeah. drink coffee right now yeah uh no we both did drink uh we tried the cat's coffee cafe de Oya blend Oh, when yes. we tried recording a couple days ago and we had some thoughts uh we liked it mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but it did kind of taste like tea which isn't like bad or anything but it was good I liked it uh I liked that I didn't have to add sugar yeah to it like I just I liked it it was good we were pleased but we do think it might have like using our Keurig might have affected potentially the way it tastes. Yeah, I don't sure. know how real that is. We don't know a lot of coffee stuff. Yeah. But Isela did make it with the French press, right? You said, and it yeah, I made it once with my uh, Keurig, and I thought that it just tasted really weird. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna use this excuse to buy a French press." <laughs> <laughs> and I bought it, and I thought it was it was a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I think that honestly, I think Keurig is just better for like their own Keurig pods or for like convenience right yeah you want to do something like quickly but um, Keurig I I can't complain it was good it's a I can't complain either but a coffee that I could drink black without like craving a cigarette so that's always good for me (laughs) yeah yeah but today I am drinking a lavender tea because allergies are killing me so yes 
how do you handle literary funks? What do you do? To, what do you do to get yourself out of them? I don't handle them very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't either. I, Does I anybody? Stuck, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like I always just kind of let them run at their course yeah. and hope for the best. I mean, there's not really anything you can do. Like, like we've said before, we don't want it to feel like a chore. We don't mm-hmm. want to force ourselves to read. Like, that's not the point of reading to like Have I don't fun. know yeah it's just if you don't feel like reading if you can't get into it like don't don't force yourself to yeah because you're gonna hate reading you're gonna make yourself resent it and that's not how you should live your life very true usually what helps me is making a massive cart on thrift books oh shit <laughs> because she said spending money makes me read well, to be fair, I make the cart and then I close out just so I don't end up spending like however big of a, you know, cart I've built. But honestly, yeah, though, sometimes you walk into a bookstore when you're feeling down and you, you're like, oh, this book is $2. Oh, this book is $3. And then, you know, at the end of the fucking trip, you spent like $30 on like six books, but it's okay because at least it was six books and not like one you'd buy at Barnes and Noble, you know, like but hardcover or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we had big plans for this episode. We were gonna yeah. do like a graphic novel, and then we were gonna do Alice in Wonderland, and then we were gonna do we we changed the book. We had, like, we had plans, yeah. man. We, <laughs> we had big plans, and then it kind of just like life happened. Yeah. If you guys, though, if you guys have any recommendations for graphic novels, let me know. I don't necessarily like superhero stuff, but if you recommend it, I'll I'll check it out. I know that we had wanted to read The Boys because mm-hmm. uh, it's like kind of anti-superhero. I got like two pages into it and there was like a lot of like angry scenes, like sex scenes that I was just like, what the fuck was not necessary. I feel for like two pages in Mm. so I was not feeling that but if you guys have any recommendations I'd love to know whenever I um can't read or like I can't get out of that reading funk I try to like encourage myself or ease myself into it uh with picture books or graphic novels so yeah if you guys have graphic novel recommendations pass them along I do like superhero shit um but I'll read anything honestly and if I can't focus enough on like graphic novels or or picture books even that's when I fucking emergency break the glass I listen to audiobooks and only audiobooks um and if that doesn't work then I just won't read like I as we've said several times already I never want reading to feel like work because then that's when I start to lose that relationship with reading again right. where I'm like oh I ha- it feels like pressure and then I feel like I don't have time and I start making excuses and yeah. I just if I don't want to fucking read okay and I've tried all these little <laughs> things to like try to get me to do it for fun and if that doesn't work well then you got to write it out sometimes you know and it's also has to do with how I got burnt out in college like oh, yeah I was reading in college for school and it it was like for work and I got really burnt out and I I hated reading for a while I didn't like well I didn't necessarily hate it I just felt that I couldn't you're like tired 
yeah, I was exhausted, like, having to read. Being an English major sucks. <laughs> it's fucking Sometimes. Rough. It's, it's rough out here. You have to read, like, eight different books and, like, four different classes. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you have to read, like, different, like, articles or, like, short stories and stuff. And it's just, like, when does this end? Why did <laughs> I choose this fucking major? I don't regret it, though. I don't. What a strange relationship it is, right? Yeah, to, to it's a love hate relationship. To have an English degree. It's like, man, they fucking made me write all these papers and fucking <laughs> read all these books. But that's when, like, you know, I'm really vibing. Like, yeah, like yeah. under all that stress, I'm like, yes, miss yeah. it. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about how I miss school, kind of. I used to like hate school when I was in school, but I miss it. Like, I miss writing papers. I was so good at writing under pressure. Like, <laughs> uh, don't do this, kids. But I uh, would, because I'm stupid and I procrastinate a lot, I would wait until, like, the day before or two days before to write, like, a 15-page paper. But that, like, stress of having it due the next day forced yeah. me to, like, shit out the best fucking paper of my life. You just, like, want to feel something. Like, oh, yeah, I fucking feel alive. Right? Living life on the edge. I, yeah, my last final, like, big paper, it was, like, a 30 or 40-page paper. I don't remember. Just kidding. It was 40. I remember because I was so proud of myself. I literally wrote that in, like, 12 hours straight. I don't know how much coffee I had like in my system but I wrote the fuck out of that paper and I got a really good grade my professor said it was one of the best he's read in like the longest time and I was like you know what <laughs> you can thank the pressure of you know procrastination for that <laughs> but beautiful yeah it was awesome yeah I wouldn't recommend it but <laughs> another thing I do when I am like in that reading slump or whatever uh and I can't like fucking like nothing's working audiobooks graphic novels or whatever I will watch like booktube which is like like the book part of youtube where they kind of just talk about books or I listen to a book podcast to kind of just get like inspired I guess listening to other people talk about books and be excited about books kind of like motivates me um to get excited to read again and kind of like how you make your your thrift book cart thing where you kind of just like stack books in there and then you just don't buy them (laughs) I do this thing where I make book lists and then I don't read anything on them like (laughs) I make extensive book lists like sometimes they're themed and sometimes they're not and yeah sometimes I'll get through half of it and then I'll just give up like I have like a fast (laughs) classics reads I have like books about social media I it's just there's weird there's a lot to reading (laughs) But that shit kind of, like, gets me going, like, to, like, you know, I have all these lists. It's hard. Like, I don't know. You just want to read everything at once. But then, you know, you can't. I used to, like, have a book for each mood, like, four Mm -hmm. different books at once. And I can't do that anymore. But actually, I guess I can. I kind of did this last week. But I don't know. I feel a lot better today, though. I definitely feel like I enjoyed the book we're going to discuss today. I did have a rough last two weeks, but I'm really glad Amanda, like, was like, we're reading this. I don't even know why it popped into my head, like, what I I don't know, but it was a great idea, because it was something I've been meaning to read for a while. Did you read anything in the last two weeks that you thought was worth sharing? Yeah, I mean, so I 
outside of the podcast, I do read books for a class and uh, some people listening may know this or may not know this, but I'm studying uh, library science right now to get my master's in library science to be like a librarian or whatever. And um, one of the classes I'm taking right now is children's and young adult literature because my focus is like it's youth services. And um, so right now I have to read like three books like every week and then do little reviews for them for that class. And one of the books I had to read um, or I chose to read was Finding Langston. And it's, I guess, middle grade, maybe fifth grade uh, reading level. And it was like such a sweet book that like talked about poetry and talked about libraries. Essentially, it's about um, this young black boy who moves from Alabama to Chicago during the Great Migration. So like maybe 1946-ish. And he's dealing with like the recent death of his mother and of course moving to a city with his dad and adjusting to city life where they call him country boy or they keep referring to him and his dad as country. Um, He finds a library as he's like uh, escaping bullies who are like picking on him and calling him that name. And previously he had only heard of a library once before that. But in Alabama, it was a whites only library. So he like, that's all he knew it existed. They potentially had books there. That's all he knew of it. But in Chicago, it's for everybody, you know, it's for all Chicago residents. And he was able to go in there and that library actually had um, like a wall with portraits of black scholars and writers and poets and stuff. And that's where he kind of discovers poetry and poetry by the person he's named after, who is Langston Hughes, the poet. And um, it's Langston Hughes poetry that kind of gets him through this transition period of his, of his life because it reminds him of home, it reminds him of his mom. And it's just kind of like really, I don't know, it was like a fucking sweet book. <laughs> That's all I could describe it as. It was just kind of like, wow, this is really nice. And the, the full audiobook is on Spotify. It's like two hours. So if you have the time, I mean, I'd go, I say go listen to it because it's really just wholesome. And I needed that. I needed like a little wholesome read after reading Sad Shit. I want to read that. I read a couple. I read like, I read two I've had for a while. Uh, I read Mindhunter, which is basically uh it basically details like the uh, invention, I guess, of the behavioral analysis unit in the FBI. Um, pretty much that's like the, I guess, the, the profiling of like, and study of like serial killers or just criminals in general. And I, I thought, I really liked it. I thought it was a little repetitive but I, I mean, I still found it really good. I thought it was interesting that uh, <laughs> that a lot of serial killers uh, drove red Volkswagen Beetles. Like, I don't know. I just, I can't like picture a serial killer just, you know, rolling up to someone with a Beetle. I don't know. I thought it was interesting though. Didn't, um, uh, what's his face? Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, Beetle. thank you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like, but mix it yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, throughout the entire book, he basically 
says that every fucking serial killer they studied had a fucking red Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> and I honestly don't understand the science of how he knew, because like in his profiles, he would say like specifically that this person would probably be driving a red Volkswagen Beetle. And I'm like, how? How do you know that? But I don't know. I guess <laughs> I'm not blessed with these science thingies, but I thought it was good. I also finally got around to rereading uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God, which I'm pretty sure was a required reading uh, in high school. And I definitely did not appreciate it then because teenagers kind of suck, but <laughs> I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was really good. I think that Zora Neale Hurston is a fucking queen. Like mm -hmm. she was ahead of her time. Um, I also read Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Ah, yes. Yeah, which is really good <laughs> if you read it in the New York City teenager mindset. Otherwise, you're going to probably hate it. But I thought it was really good. Uh, you know, if you had, if you like, you reminded yourself that you were reading a book that was written through the eyes of a fucking teenager or group of teenagers. I'm going to say that the movie was better, though, because it kind of was, because Kat Dennings. But yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into a series of unfortunate events, The Bad Beginning. Yes. I have been so excited to talk about this book. I was so happy Amanda introduced the idea of this book because... So, it's funny. It is. It's It's... It's a whole, like, it was just so good. I loved it. And I, oh, all right, let's just talk about it. So what was your initial thought of Lemony Snicket throughout your childhood? I never re read the series growing up. So this is my first experience with the book. Um, but I did want to, I remember wanting to read it growing up because of the movie, um, but I never got around to it. And somewhere along that, I just felt like I, quote, aged out of it, which is like, a fake ass concept like I just was you know baby pretentious ass reader me was like I read Edgar Allan Poe so I'm not gonna read like some Lemony Snicket series like but it's so stupid but <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm reading it now because it's fucking funny like this is what I needed right now I think it, it's sad but you know yeah it's not like bell jar sad <laughs> yeah it's not fucking bell jar sad or yeah. <laughs> whatever else we were reading before that fucking perks of being a wallflower yeah we, were, we read too much sad 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 and we needed something yeah like, light. i feel like that weighed us down what about you <laughs> <laughs> straight up my initial thought as like a preschooler or whenever how old i was when i found out about these books was a fucking cricket wrote this. My my idiot child brain confused Lemony Snicket with Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> I don't know how, but I did. And uh, yeah, so like, that was my first introduction to this book series. My, you know, really weird child brain thought a cricket wrote this series. Uh, a few years later though, uh, when a series of unfortunate events movie came out, I was like, shit, I, I need to read these books, but I never got around to it because as Amanda said, I felt like I aged out of it, which is kind of funny considering I've been reading a lot of like kids books recently. As we should. But, yeah. I'm really glad I read the first book now. I feel like I can appreciate it a lot more now. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it and I really want to kind of like 
spend the next few days just reading the rest of the series but I don't know I thought it was really good what did you think of the first book in the series of a series of unfortunate events <laughs> a series of a series of a series um <laughs> series, yeah this book was really exciting I think I haven't read or picked up anything in a while that made me um like laugh I think actually yeah. laugh out loud <laughs> just there's no there was just certain things that were said I can't I wish I could think of an example that just kind of made me like you fucking laugh I also like that whenever they say certain words they would um, oh they they define it for you yes I love that is. too that is what a kid's book should have taught you throughout absolutely and I really liked that it would kind of you know and in this sense, you know, this is what this means, or this is how this word is being used. It was just yeah. really okay, cool. Like, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So I could see that had I read this when I was younger, I, I imagine I would have picked up fucking high vocabulary from this shit <laughs> yeah. if I read it then. Uh, but it made me laugh, you know? It was a funny, it was funny. I think one of the parts that did make me laugh was when they make fun of him for using standoffish. Oh, wrong. yeah. Yeah, that one was funny. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. I don't remember the movie well and tried watching the TV series mm. on Netflix, but I was like too accustomed to Jim Carrey's interpretation of Count Olaf. Yeah. So I couldn't really get into it. So I've just kind of like lived my life without this gift of a series of unfortunate events. I didn't remember him being quite as shitty in the movie. I mean, I think <laughs> it was awful, obviously. Yeah. I think I even had, like, the Game Boy game of it. There was, like, a little game, and you had the to, like, concept. build stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I don't remember the movie too well, but I obviously know, like, the gist. Um, honestly, the fact that the adults are unaware of his shittiness. Yeah, that was... Throughout that. the book, yeah, it was just so annoying. I thought that was... Ugh, I wanted to, like choke Mr. Poe when children went to him but uh yeah it was annoying but I really liked it I um for the series the tv not the tv one I think it was fucking Netflix like the Netflix series uh the count is played by fucking Neil Patrick Harris right yes yes and ph yes, yes. okay yeah. <laughs> same though like I mean I, I watched maybe the first episode but because I hadn't read the series it kind yeah. of like made me not want to continue because it, it obviously it's going to be like more than what the movie gave us initially yeah. and so I was like oh no it's going to spoil some shit and for me and I really at that time when it came out was like oh I should read those and I never did like I just kept yeah. pushing it off and so maybe if, if I finish these I'm thinking of just having it in the background and right that way I right. can watch the series and, and see what's up but whenever I think series of unfortunate events all I think is like fucking eyebrow dude the fucking eyebrow the fucking dude, yeah. eyebrow dude like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it's it's Jim Carrey plays weird shit I just can't stop picturing him as Count Olaf yeah like that's the the entire thing I could think of the only thing that I did like from the TV show like the mm -hmm. series on Netflix well I not that I liked it I don't know whatever we'll figure that out in a bit but I I liked how the kids they cast in the show kind of mm -hmm. looked like the kids that they cast in the movies oh yeah yeah they kind of like or like I guess they fit the vibe they, but they did look like them to me I thought it was cool 
Uh, Pass the vibe check. The vibe check, yeah. Uh, Speaking of the children, what were your thoughts on the Baudelaire children and Count Olaf and all these supporting characters? So I don't know if it was the audiobook that I checked out or what the fuck, but I had like a multi-voice narration one. And so it was kind of like dramatized and like radio, it seemed like a radio interpretation, but I made sure it wasn't like an abridged version where they would cut anything out. It was the whole book, um, but they had like, I guess, voice actors, which was like kind of cool because of the children had children's voices and everybody had a great narrator. It's just the out the background noises were really loud sometimes, like louder than the the narration like for example um when the kid the baby uh, sunny is crying uh i think when count olaf like lifts the baby it just like kind of is like dangling her like yeah and they're like she's an infant and he's like um the baby's (laughs) just crying in the background like fucking wailing while the narrator is continuing the story and i guess it kind of like adds authenticity uh, to the fucking chaos of it all but you know i really like all of the kids they're they're witty and clever and and like like the part that you mentioned where they're making fun of him for using standoffish wrong yeah it's just (laughs) it's funny and I like when the baby just like coos or makes like vocalizations and they're like yeah or in other words they mean (laughs) yeah yeah in other words they mean yeah um, she means this and I'm just she does it's just fucking funny the way that they put words in that baby's mouth what about you yeah I I like that too actually uh I I listened to the exact same audiobook it did you get the vibe like yeah yeah I got what you meant uh it was like basically a theater Mm -hmm. show in your ears it was awesome I I do agree that the baby noises were a little like intense intense they were intense but I I liked that they did have voice actors for each character it like was really is is the word immersive yeah like it was just really it was really good I really liked it I thought I think that's what made it feel like I was watching a movie in my head as opposed to like reading yeah I liked it I thought that was fucking fascinating I feel like that's how a lot of like children's books should be Mm because I feel like that would be more engaging to kids like trying to read also I think that is what helped like the reading funk at least for me because I like I mentioned was reading another other books for class and one of them was an audiobook as well and I was just like not as inclined to listen to it or finish it as I was with this one because the other one was just regular narration but this one like you said was like fucking they acted it out everybody had their own voice it It was, was entertaining it was entertaining and I was like it was like listening to fucking War of the Worlds radio. Like, <laughs> fucking, it was fucking cool. Yeah, uh, I thought the Baudelaire children were a lot stronger than I could ever be. Like, if Absolutely. I was in that position, I I would not remain as calm as they did if my fucking parents died in a, you know, fire along with all of my possessions. Yeah. When, when they talked about the, like, when Klaus talked about, like, the library burning, I, too, felt that pain, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, as a, I'm not too sure how old he is in the book, but I can imagine 
looking into a library as a kid and thinking oh my god I have years of reading like I could get lost in here mm-hmm. you know into like like my entire life and then you know he kind of loses it and it's I thought that was pretty heart-wrenching but yeah. yeah they are really strong kids and they do everything they can to make the best out of their situation like they remain positive which is you know even like during the bad parts like they try to like see you know yeah. good outcomes like they become they befriend uh justice strauss and like they just try their best and i think i'd be fucking lost without my parents i would Absolutely. be a fucking mess but i thought that was a great characteristic for the kids to have instead of like being mopey which isn't bad but i thought it was a really good change of pace for like grieving kids uh I think they're really fucking awesome. Like, Violet's into mechanical engineering. Klaus has, like, a reading obsession. Sunny's just Sunny. Like, (laughs) she bites people, and she's she's good with it. I thought it was funny that she has bites for when she does like people and bites for when she doesn't like people. It's... (laughs) The part that made me laugh with her was when they're... When they first go into the library and they're each getting books on what their interests are, fucking Sunny picks up... uh, a book about teeth like <laughs> she was like this will do just fine like a fucking baby dude was like teeth mm-hmm. yeah like, <laughs> yeah or like the scene uh where they're trying to find uh like marital laws and she's like nah I'd rather garden or whatever the fuck <laughs> that's why it's so funny because she barely makes any vocalization and they give they her know. like this this long ass like <laughs> explanation of what yeah what she possibly meant (laughs) it's really cute yeah Sunny's just something else and it's it's cute to see uh Count Olaf is such an asshole and his entire theater troupe they just they just as messed up as him I fucking hated the hookman guy I don't think he has a name I think his name is just hookman yeah they just Uh, refer to him (laughs) as man with hooks for him yeah (laughs) he sucks I hated him (laughs) I like really hoped something happened to him by the end of this like that that first book but I they like they like just disappeared they got away with all the shit that they put the kids through uh the Poe family was so annoying too like they kind of like I got the vibe that they like like they were those kind of people who take in orphans just to be like oh I did a good deed today I'm a good person fake good people dude yeah exactly that's the vibe I got and I got really pissed I think we talked about this already when the children like ran away to go and tell them or tell him that uh Count Olaf was like abusive you know and the guy was like or Mr. Poe was like I can't do anything because that's what parents do like I'm not going to get in the way of his parenting. And I'm like, no, parents don't just hit you or make you sleep on the floor straight in up this said, dirty ass house. Mr. Poe straight up said, uh, he like apologized to them, but not because they were getting like abused, but he was like, well, I'm sorry that your parents never gave you chores, chores. to do and they never hit you. And I'm like, what, yeah, the, like, fuck? what the fuck? You're going to normalize this shit? Or like, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry you're not uh what's the word you're not settling in as well as I thought mm-hmm. you would or whatever it's just bullshit like if a kid tells you that they're getting abused like you fucking you get them out of that situation uh 
I thought Justice Strauss was sweet and good yeah. intention, but she was kind of a moron. She's kind moron. of ditzy, dude. Like, yeah, like, how how do you not see what's happening with your fucking next door neighbor? And then also yeah. be a fucking justice and like a Supreme Court, I think, and not be like, this bitch is out here upholding the law, dude. Yeah, like, like, not, <laughs> yeah. Because like, they put up this like, uh, Count Olaf, uh, builds this plan that's like we're gonna pretend that we're putting up a play oh yeah but it's actually like a marriage ceremony so that I could get the kids uh inheritance so he tries to marry Violet and the kids fucking catch on to it and they try telling Justice Strauss but she's like she he would never (laughs) or whatever the fuck and then you know he does it and then like Mr. Poe and Justice Strauss are like, oh my god, we're blindsided. How did we ever know that this would happen? And it's like, the kids told you, like, what the fuck? Nobody ever saw this coming. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, like, everyone saw it coming. Exactly. Yeah, especially when, like, uh, one of, like, the theater people was like, oh yeah, and he gave you this book to read from so we could be as accurate as possible, and we have this marriage ceremony that's exactly as it should be, but we're gonna say it's a prop. Wink, wink. Oh, and I thought it was really fucking funny that they got away with it because she didn't sign with her right hand, she Mm. signed with her left hand, so it technically wasn't, like, admissible, but... Violet's smart. The kids are smart. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're clever and they can hold their own, but it's just like we have 12 more books in this series, and uh, I don't think it ends happy. I I don't know. If anybody knows, please don't tell me. I want to read it on Uh, my own, but... I kind of feel like it won't, because at the end of Bad Beginning, it was like, this is not a happy story, and I was like, okay, I guess. The cricket told us. It's not going to be. The cricket told us it's going to end horribly, so I'm going to trust the cricket. Um, (laughs) Also, like, just thinking about the Poe family, one of his son's name is Edgar, and that just made me laugh. Like, another thing, I'm driving, and it says, my son, Edgar and Albert Poe, and I just fucking laughed. <laughs> like his kid's name is Edgar Poe, and just <laughs> dumb things like that. Yeah, there were like little things that you could catch on, and it yeah. was just, it was Maybe. fun. I really needed this book. Clearly, we enjoyed the series or the yeah. first book of the series, but uh, are you gonna finish it all? I I fucking am. I have to like. Right? I, I, I need to know what yeah, happens. Yeah, I'm not like I'm one of those people who, when they start a series, they have mm-hmm. to they have to finish it. Uh, it could be like one after another, or like mm-hmm. just eventually. But I have to finish it, and I want to. It's not like an obligatory read. I have to read it. Yeah. Like I have to find out what happens. What about you? Absolutely. This like it made me laugh it made me sad but it never left me feeling sad because of how smart these fucking kids are yeah like the resilience is amazing um I want to buy these fucking books there's there's 13 of them I right now don't have a shelf and my mom bought me got me a new bookshelf right we will update those later, like photos once it comes into my room because it's a it's it's shape a cool of a bookshelf. fucking coffin. Amazing. But right now I have books all over the fucking floor and I'm like, do I have space for 13 books? <laughs> Am I really going to buy this series to take up 13 spaces on a shelf yes. or somewhere on the floor? <laughs> but it's fucking expensive. And then Isela here, her mind, fucking mind, dude. 
was like, I'm just going to go to half price and get them, you know, one by one. And then I'm like, of course. Why yeah, not? I mean... Like, why not get them fucking used? Like, I don't care if they're beat up anyways. Like, I, I just want, I want them. All of them. I don't need them. I could just check I them out. Them. I could listen to them online. But I, I want them. <laughs> You're building your personal library. It's okay. The cricket must come home. The cricket must come home. Yeah, exactly. Half price books, though, like two dollars a book. Like, come on, that's yeah. that's a steal. Like, it's better than like buying the book set for like. I think I saw it was priced at like sixty five dollars, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. that. That's like, the cheapest one too. Like the basic is a sixty five yeah. one. There's some that are like hundred something. Yeah. Plus, I like some of the covers are just really fucking cool. So I'm just gonna like put that on my like list of like things to hunt mm -hmm. at half price books. Uh, Goosebumps is currently on there, but what a fun what a fun thing to do is just like I probably won't buy them in order, but like anytime I right. go to a store, if I see something, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, here's number book five. I'm gonna take it home, yeah. and then you know, it's like a puzzle piece. It's a puzzle, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah I want to read these I guess as background in between whatever I'm actually reading um yeah plus they're like fairly short I think the audiobook was like two and a half hours yeah so I mean I feel like it would be really easy to go through you could probably finish them fast yeah so I feel like it's a good it's a good thing fuck it also the make yourself happy the fucking illustrations on the inside of the book um I know that you did the audio one but I can show you yeah. real quick over zoom yes, so you can kind of see it's all like pencil-y looking oh that is so cute it's fucking cool. it looks like a bookmark it really does and I don't know I love the illustrations and kids books I wish some adult books had cool illustrations I think this That's is pretty the, the chapter for the child wedding <laughs> child bride oh, wedding <laughs> But yeah, oh my god, I really enjoyed this book and I, I can't wait too. to finish. Damn. It was a necessary read. We, we have been talking about too many sad things mm -hmm. and this was just like an uplifting kind of moment. Like the kids are fighters. We have to be fighters too. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. What a, what a <laughs> vibe difference, you know, compared yeah. to Wednesday when we tried to record and we were just not. it was like so cold like it just mm -hmm. felt wrong and like even as we were speaking like it just felt something was weird wrong the yeah, air was off. off I don't know what the fuck the air was off Yoko was barking her head off at like nothing <laughs> oh, yeah my cat was just like evil it was a weird day Yoko is Isela's dog um, yes where is she <laughs> right now is she's she like passed out on the couch yeah maybe we should record yeah. at night all the time. <laughs> maybe yeah every time we every single time that we record she barks her little it's like she knows yeah she does because like my dog is weird my dog <laughs> hates when I talk on the phone she hates when I talk into like uh my headset when like I play a game or something like she hates when like the attention isn't always on her but like if I I don't think I've ever I don't think I've talked to you on the phone recently, mm -hmm. but like when I call people, she'll like bark her head off until I get off. Or like if I FaceTime my parents, like the, my parents have to acknowledge that she's there or she won't stop barking. She's a little, she's a little diva. She's needy. Well, yeah, she's really needy. 
that was cool i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and if you haven't read this series fucking start it dude it's it's two hours if you if you can find the audiobook check your libraries you guys yeah it's like literally these audiobooks will be like watching a play Mm -hmm. in your head it's really good i feel like that's how a lot of audiobooks should be so you will definitely have fun it will literally feel like you're watching a movie which i feel is some of like the best characteristics of audiobooks fuck yeah but uh yeah thanks for listening don't forget to follow us on instagram and facebook at BiblioBruisePod to keep up with our reading updates in real time otherwise you can catch us in new episodes every other saturday our show is available on spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts you can check out our anchor link for the full list of podcast apps you can find us on later haters, later haters.